0: So when we can analyze even those losses and those lessons learned, that then allows us to take the power from feeling like a victim to what happened to us to feeling like, okay, now I know, and I'm going to use that knowledge to make uh, even smarter decisions going forward.
1: Hello, I'm Elizabeth Ribbons, your host for Next, a podcast dedicated to telling relatable stories that inspire a fluid approach to life. Purpose and to navigate change. Hi, Tony, and welcome. I'm so glad you're here. I know, Tony, about your book and your many awards that you received as a PR firm. You were doing great in that realm and then you decided to switch. So I'd like to hear a little bit about your background and what made you go into PR and then switch into what you're doing now. Hi, well, thank you
0: so much for having me on the show. I am so excited about uh, being here and what you're doing with your podcast. So, thank you, thank you, thank you so much. Um, yes, I have had a very long history in public relations um, over 20 years and really had a great run with that. Um, it was what I studied in college. It has, I've worked both in the private sector and the public sector. I've worked For nonprofits, I have worked pretty much in every aspect of public relations um, that you can think of with the exception of entertainment industry. I've always always stayed away from that, Um, but uh, had a a, um, PR agency for 10 years, and we were a lifestyle uh, and hospitality and tourism agency. So the lion's share of our business were luxury hotels and destinations and shopping centers, And that sort of thing. And it was really, really a lot of fun. We were a boutique agency. So I only had up to eight employees. But um, we had a lot of fun, won a lot of awards for the work we were doing. And it was honestly, it was just a a really good time. But around year eight, I started, um, I don't know, I guess becoming a little unhappy with what I was doing or just feeling the itch to switch and do something different. So I started kind of shifting some of the focuses on our agency and that wasn't doing it for me. And I started really just um, trying to find a new love for what I was doing, the love that I had, you know, had for so many years And I couldn't find it. And um, I came to find this place where I really didn't want to run my agency anymore. As successful as we have been, as phenomenal a roster of clients that we had, as rock star team that I had, I just couldn't find myself to be excited about getting up to go into our beautiful creative office space anymore. And in the midst of that, I found myself needing to make a really big pivot. And that pivot led me to what I'm doing now. Um, I wrote a book. I started doing more consulting. I did decide to close the agency, which was really hard for me. But I think it was probably one of the smartest things that I did because it gave me a chance to sort of surrender to the unknown. Yeah. And um, which is scary,
1: let's just all acknowledge that it's really scary (laughs) because we don't have can you fly? I don't know if
0: I can fly and jump. I know it's scary when when you're a lot younger, flying seems possible. (laughs) (laughs) You get a little (laughs) bit older, you realize, yeah, if you don't have wings, that can be kind of challenging. But um, but there's something sweet about that surrender, and I found myself there, and it's been, I, I have no regrets.
1: Yeah. But I have to ask you this. Um, what I found in, in my and when I was doing pivots or I would I had a, I had businesses that I built up and there's a bit of guilt or there's people saying, no, you've done all this. You can't. And, and so you're having to come up against that. And so your outside is like you're doing all of these things on the outside, but the inside is not matching the outside right. anymore. So it's right. explaining that to people. How is that for you? Or you just like, so nope, nope. Or did you have a little guilt? Because I've had a little guilt, like feeling like, okay, this this is really great, but I ha- I have this other thing that I really must do.
0: That's a great question. And yes, I did have a little guilt. And so I was not brave enough, to be quite honest, to tell anybody that I wanted to pivot or because it didn't make sense. Because it's like, why would you walk away from a thriving agency with really talented employees and, you know, enviable clients. Why would you walk away from that? It just, it made no sense. So I did what I always encourage people not to do is <laughs> I suffered in silence for two years because I had a lot of guilt and shame about not wanting to do what I was doing anymore. And, and there's a, there's a, a something very that, challenging when you do that one is challenging to be suffering in silence you're not telling anybody that you're miserable and you're trying to wear the mask like everything's wonderful but you're not and then the other part of it too is just a willingness to admit to yourself that I'm just not happy and this is not you know working for me so I didn't even give myself a chance to hear other people I just automatically knew that they were going to say you're crazy for doing
1: this Um it's like that, it's like that that saying in the devil wears product, but everybody wants this. Like you've got that firm and wow, look at you with your all your accomplishments, and everybody wants this. And you're telling yourself, like, but wait a minute, as you're brushing your teeth (laughs) in the morning, everybody wants this, right? Right. Right?
0: (laughs) I know. I I will say that's a really good analogy, and that is the thing. I think that was the struggle. Because there were days, I mean, our work was. We did the warm, fuzzy, luxe work. I mean, we'd have, we had, we represented, you know, um, Michelin star chefs and their restaurants. So I'd bring in media from all over, from New York, fly them in to stay at our luxury hotels. And we'd sit with them for these, you know, eight course meals, wine paired meals. And I did it on a regular basis. And it was really hard. My girlfriends would tease me because I'm like, oh, I gotta go spend another weekend down in Orange County, out the montage. And they're like, are you kidding me? Cry me a river, you know, <laughs> but it's still, you know, it was me having to show up and be on and, and there's all, you know, it's, I'm sure you understand it. You are a design, you, you know, you are interior designing and you get to go in and you get to make these really beautiful, fabulous homes. and, Nobody hears that you don't feel like doing that, or you're not excited about doing that because they're thinking about the fun, glorious part of the work, which is like 20% of it. Right. The other 80% is all the hard leg work that you have to get done before you get there.
1: And people get really disappointed too. They like do. How can you do that? Right. How can you do that? How, you already have all this. Why would you leave it? Right. And, um, you know, it, it's really kind of being able to answer those questions, just sort mm-hmm. of, I'm seeking something new. It is just not meeting my needs right now. Like coming right. up with those one liners because people will, they don't like change. They don't Nobody like change
0: wants, You know, but and they don't want you to change, but no. it's okay to change. Even if it's, even if you're, even if that change means moving away from something great, Mm -hmm. it's still a good change. If you feel like it's what you need to do, you've got to do that. And it takes a little bit of courage and it helps if you have the people around you that say, you know, this is tough, but go ahead and do it, you know. Um, But sometimes it's, you're afraid. I was more afraid that everybody was going to try and talk me out of it or they thought I was crazy because I was already feeling like that on my own. And I remember it was a a girlfriend who who used to do my hair, as a matter of fact, when she found out about everything, she's the one that said, you can't be suffering in silence. And that just hit me. I realized, wow, that's exactly what I've been doing for two years. And um, so now I say, hey, if you're getting that itch, if you feel like it, one for sure sign for me, I use this analogy when I'm speaking that my company had come like, you know, that, that partner that you had and they were just a really nice person and on paper they were great. And you always had a lovely time, but when they blinked, you wanted to punch him in the eye. (laughs) (laughs) There's no reason for you to, you know, be, you know, so dissatisfied with them, but you just were. That's how I felt about my company. And, and, the sad thing about it is when you don't respond to that, I realize when I didn't respond to that, I stopped loving the company. I stopped putting love into a company. And anybody that's an entrepreneur knows that um, small businesses need a lot of love. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and when you aren't pouring that in, there's nothing for it to reciprocate. So it caused a lot of strain on my company, which then, you know, made it even more unpleasant, you know, to to have to, um, go into the office every day. So I'm the first one to say, if you're feeling like you need to make that pivot, if you feel like there's something that you you feel like there's a next thing for you to do, to listen and really lean into that, um, and allow you, give yourself the permission to explore it.
1: That's the key right there is allow yourself, give yourself the permission to explore it. Now it's not all the suddenly getting up in the middle of the whole day oh, right. and like running out of the office, and everyone says, <laughs> Where did Tony go? And she's right. running down the street. No, it's it's sort of making a plan saying it's not meeting my needs right now. It may yeah. be financial, it may be emotional, it may be your family, it may be all these things that women have to show up for. Yeah. And, and when we get honest about it, I honestly think that that. We have trajectories where if you really want to be in touch with your true nature and what you're supposed to be doing on, in this world, mm-hmm. then you have to really get honest with yourself and say, okay, I learned this. Like I went to that store and did all my shopping. Now I'm ready to try these shoes on. Right. And move forward, But I'm a big believer in like, have a plan. Don't just get up in the middle of a meeting and go, I'm out of here. <laughs> you know, it has to be. It has to be like a gradual, like, okay, guys. <clears throat> and then you got to deal with all the comments. Like, oh my God, oh my God, why are you doing that? And right, right. I just quietly keep moving towards that goal and everyone keep understands. Moving. But, and then I love it when people say, I don't do that anymore. Yeah. And they really say that I don't do that anymore. I'm like, good for you for saying that.
0: I will say I did explore other options, a little bit more than I gave myself credit for doing. And I, it wasn't b- because it was not a conscious desi- desi- decision to what's my plan? What's my exit strategy? And actually, before I tell you that quick story, I remember working with a client who um, she was a serial entrepreneur. She was always and she would do things like go to school and learn a whole new industry and then go after that. And she had this really cool shop that um, she had launched maybe two years before. And she wanted us to come in and do PR for her. And we were really excited about it. And it was, she had just built it out. And it was beautiful. And everything was fantastic. And she's like, yeah, so I'm really excited for you to be doing this PR and everything for me. Because now I can, you can focus on you know, getting us out there. Because I need to focus on my ex- exit strategy. And I thought, wait, what? You're just building this. What are you talking about, an exit strategy? And she's like, yeah, because, you know, I mean, I won't do this forever. And I could not appreciate what she was doing at that point. I thought, she's crazy. She's already thinking about leaving, and she's just getting started. And what is all of this for? But I have such an appreciation for her now because she was giving herself to at least put a plan in place that in the event that I don't want to do this forever, I've already thought about it when I'm coherent and I am clear-minded and I'm not emotional and I'm not exhausted and burnout and then trying to find ways to keep, breathe life into something that really was ready, you know, to, um, um, to be left behind. So I learned a lot from her, you know, and wish I had the, the, you know, the, the wherewithal at that point to appreciate what she was doing. That's Mm -hmm. how you set yourself up for success. But I was going to say, I did explore it more than I gave it an opportunity to, because at the time I was approached to become an executive director for a destination, um, a destination marketing organization there, to become the CMO for the, um, this area. And, I kind of got excited about it and I went through, they took me through six interviews and then it got down to where they were wanted me to, to do it, but they wanted me to completely give up my company and I was just going to let somebody else run the company and it would still be mine, but they wanted me to just totally give it up. And I remember thinking, I don't want to just totally give it up. You know, I don't want to just, you know, sell off my company. But that I should have known at that point, that if I could entertain um, an offer like that, to the point of six interviews, that I was ready to make a pick. Yeah, most definitely. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah. Whereas, you know, those kind of offers in the past, I had just, you know, politely declined. But um, I think that that came around a little bit into the eighth year I I should have taken note of myself at that point that, yeah, you're ready. (laughs) You're, You're ready to do something different.
1: Well, okay. Tell me about, okay. So you, you gradually got out of the company, you closed the doors. Um, did you just say, okay, I'm writing a book. What did you want to write a book simultaneously while you were doing that? Or I'm going to go write a book and do da, 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 da. Or you're like, I'm just going to close the doors now. And then like, kind of let the dust settle and, and figure out what I want to do. Oh
0: my goodness. I wish I had, I wish I had the wisdom at that point to have made such a clear decision. I did not. Um, I think at year nine, I decided to move out of the office space to transition all of my employees over to contract employees. I did not renew the contracts for several of our, pursued the renewal of contracts for several of our um, clients that we represented. And I started working from home. And in that process, I was just trying to figure out, you know, what am I going to do? What, what in the world am I going to do? I still had a handful of clients that I continued to work with but it just it made me really depressed and it made me feel like the biggest loser because here I am now at home working in my office I had this beautiful office space that we all loved and um and it was our third space and so it was of I was in this sort of weird kind of juxtaposition limbo. between yes limbo, limbo that's it but
1: also too I oh, want to just take a second to say that there's loss there even though there's you chose loss. it there was loss and there's this uh, interacting with people and being this person. And all of a sudden that's gone. And I, I think oftentimes we just go, okay, next, what's the next thing. And we have to take a moment to go. Yeah, that was, that was great. And it was awesome. Right. And it, but you know, it's not, it's not fitting me anymore, but wow, yeah. I'm sad today about that. And, right. You know, like, get that the picture is, book out and look at the pictures. <laughs> exactly.
0: Exactly. And go down memory lane yeah. and, you know, yeah, that, um, that is such a smart way to do that, to give yourself room to grieve the, mm-hmm. you know, closure um, or the end of a season. And um, but again, I was just so in my head and, everything about it so anyway now I'm working at home and I my husband's watching a documentary about Muhammad Ali and I'm still trying to figure out what am I going to do next and then how what am I going to do when I have so much um when I'm also so unhappy you know with my I don't even have the confidence to even think about what who would want me in this state if it's to go and work for another company if it's to start my own business and my husband was watching a documentary about Muhammad Ali. And so I'm walking through the room and I am just captivated by his confidence. I'm trying to figure out how did this man maintain his confidence in the face of defeat? How did he maintain it when the country despised him because he didn't support the Vietnam War? How did he even maintain it when he was stricken with Parkinson's disease? You, you can, I remember seeing when he was awarded on something, uh, some show and he you know, couldn't really speak anymore. And, you know, he had the trembles and all of those things, but he still exuded this confidence. And I was just captivated. And then a few clips later, I saw right before he was going into the ring for a fight and his hype man was in his face ardently yelling at him, reminding him of all of his wins, his knockouts, that he was the greatest, he was the champ. And I thought, wow, if we all had a hype man, reminding us of our wins, of how great we are. We, too, could walk around with that kind of confidence.
1: Absolutely. And
0: so I thought, I need to hype myself up. So I sat in my living room floor for two days. I pulled out a journal. I love journals, so I always keep a blank one around. Pulled out a blank journal and just started journaling about my wins um, over the duration that I had my agency. And I wrote about everything from big accounts that we won to moving into our beautiful different offices to the, the, the nonprofit work that we had done um, to running the LA Marathon, things that were really personal to me. And within two days of doing that, I mean, literally sitting in my living room floor and going through pictures and journaling in really great detail about what that was, I created this, what I call my hype book. And um, I noticed in doing that, there was this ascension of confidence that just rose up in me because I was now looking at myself through my success lens versus that harsh critical lens that we give way too much mental real estate to. And it just, there was this brightening. It was like all of a sudden I could kind of see, you know, the light. And, um, And I also realized I didn't no longer had to uh, I didn't have to worry about, um, I I kept thinking, where do I go from here? Now I was looking, oh my goodness, I have all of this to build on. You know, I've got an incredible springboard. What's next? And I didn't know what was next, but I knew I felt very hopeful. And it was because I looked at my history of what I was able to do. And it made me feel confident about doing whatever that next thing was. Mm -hmm. And a girlfriend sent me a text message during that time and asked me, Uh, what I was doing. And I told her I'm making a hype book. And she's like, what's a hype book? I said, it's the best thing ever. And I go through the whole spiel telling her. And she's like, that is amazing. Everybody needs one. I said, I know. That's why you have to do it. She's like, no, no, Tony, everybody needs one. And you need to write that book. And that became my next thing. So I spent the next nine months writing, um, what is called my height book. And it's a guided motivational journal that basically walks you through the process of um, taking inventory of your wins, your successes, your achievements and seeing yourself through your success lens. And it is quite honestly, it's life changing in. And, um, I think it's,
1: I think it's great that you have the journal aspect of it where you have prompts because people will go, if, if asked like right now, what, what are, what are 10 of your best you know, wins and, and gifts and people will be like, um, but if they really right. are meant to sit down and give it some thought and really pull it exactly. out of themselves, that's great that you created something like that because it's yeah. really, it's helpful for people to have that guide for well, sure. It's
0: in, it was intentional because it's really easy to make a list and you just kind of look at the list, but it's another thing. And the reason why I did it this way and why we you go into more of a journaling about what did what was the story behind that win why was it so significant how did it change you mm-hmm. um, how are you better re- result of it because when we mess up when we fail when we feel misunderstood when we have a setback we'll ruminate over that thing and we will pick it apart we'll dissect it Absolutely. we will go through it and you know Oh, the whole committee so <laughs> exactly talks about it. And it's yeah. a discussion around the boardroom table. And everything. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, if we're going to do that, if that's going to be the way we approach things, then we've got to approach our wins the same way. The whole committee's got to come and sit at the table. We're going to really analyze that. We're going to um, really celebrate that and be in the moment of it and understand what it took. What the sacrifices were, how we grew from it, what we now know—all of those things—and I will say, quite honestly, it's not just about the things that—it's um, not just about the things that we always win. These are, there's a section in the book that's called "Lessons Learned." Oh. So it's the stuff that doesn't work those out are, so well. Those
1: are gems. Those, those are, are
0: gems. Yeah. yeah. You and the way I the way I did that section is. You, you look at that and say, how are you that much stronger? How are you that much wiser? What do you now know that you didn't know before as a result of going through that? Let's say it was a bad breakup. Well, now you know these characteristics maybe aren't a good match for you. Or if it was a layoff, you know, well, I don't want to work in this kind of environment or I don't want to work for a company that, you know, their culture is this way. That's not a good fit for me. So when we can analyze even those losses and those lessons learned, that then allows us to take the power from feeling like a victim to what happened to us to feeling like, okay, now I know. And I'm going to use that knowledge to make uh, even smarter decisions going forward.
1: I like that. I like that a lot. And so you got the book completed. And did you have an aha moment after that? Like, this is really something that I want to share with other people. And I feel like I could guide them is was what, what, like, was it organic or what happened after that?
0: You know, it was so interesting. <laughs> this is, the whole story is all of it was very organic from me writing it in the first place, um, right, doing my own to my girlfriend, telling me to write one to actually writing it. And I had no end in mind. I didn't even think, I just knew I'm going to write a book. I didn't even think about publishing it. I just knew. I'm going to write a book. And I remember thinking like when I got maybe around six or so months and eight months in it, I'm thinking, is this just for me? Or is this something that will resonate with everybody? And so I'm like, I got to start reaching out to agents and book publishers. And for some reason that didn't quite resonate with me. So what I did instead was I, um, I, I had my a graphics person who was working with me. So she's designing the book at the same time that we're writing the book. So I thought, you know what, let's do a Kickstarter campaign. Instead of doing a traditional, um, uh, going to the traditional, write or even the traditional self-publishing process, let's do a Kickstarter campaign so I can actually print the book myself. And we had no end in mind for that. So our goal was to get through it, put it on kickstarter and that was going to be my way to test the market to see if this is something that resonates with other people and um, because we had no date in mind we didn't know when we were going to do that we were just writing and designing and having a good time but in january of that year one of my old journalist contacts found out that i'd closed the agency and she just you know what did you what why would you do that And so she's like, what are you doing? And I said, well, I'm writing a book and I don't even know where I'm going with that. And I told her she was really excited. And she asked me if she could um, throw my name in the hat for an organization that she consulted with that was a commercial real estate development company. It's pretty big in Boston. And she's like, can I throw your name in the hat? And I said, sure. And she did. And um, she called me back a few days later and she's like, well, my boss doesn't want you for that big event. he wants you for your own event, and he's gonna buy the books for everybody in the house. <laughs> wow, that oh, is my gosh, are you serious? Yeah. I was so excited, but then we're like I went to Joanna, my graphics friend, and so I'm like, okay, now we have to finish the book because <laughs> there's a there's a big event waiting for me, so that made us then really hone in on you know, we had three more months to maybe two and a half, three more months to get the book done, to get it, um, find a printer, all of this. So we were working yeah. crazy at the last minute. So that's how it, it actually ended up. And we did really well. We, I didn't know how all-consuming crowdfunding is, first of all. I was very naive when I went into that. So we went into that thinking that um, we'll just do a lot of PR around it. But, but crowdfunding requires all of your time. So there was no time to do PR around it. We still ended up making our goal, meeting our goal, I think a little bit just under two weeks into the campaign. And mm-hmm. then we ended up exceeding it by 30%. And I, I really appreciated that um, because it helped me to realize I wasn't the only person who struggled with, with what I was facing and that mm-hmm. everybody has confidence that gets weak or slow or is completely missing, like I felt like mine was. And it was both men and women that responded to it and children, um, not children, but more like teenagers, Uh college students. And um, so it became this big aha for me that while this is an important um, topic and, and when I went to Boston to do that speaking engagement, I started getting... You know, that imposter syndrome as we got closer, because I thought, yeah. I am going. Who do you think you are?
1: <laughs> to be coming here. That's exactly who do you think
0: you are? Because they sent me all the promotional things, and what they decided to do was not only open it up for their company, but they had a lot of um, business districts that they were the developers, real estate, mm-hmm. commercial real estate developers for. So they decided to send out an invite to all of the businesses in their business districts to come to this event. And all I could think of is, who am I to, with a person whose confidence is kind of, you know, iffy right now to go in and talk to these big, huge commercial real estate brokers, this company's on NASDAQ, for me to be telling them what confidence is. And um, so I started getting really, really nervous and, you know, who am I to do this? And they had all of this promotional stuff they'd send me and show me my little They had a little video and thing in the elevators, you know, I mean, it was pretty scary, but I was able to go there and I was really surprised to see how many men responded to it, um, as well as women. Um, But a funny story is when I got there and I spoke, you know, it's Boston, Boston's not Southern California where we're kind of all warm and fuzzy. No, it's pretty laced up. It's laced up. Yep. And so I'm sitting and I'm speaking and I feel like I'm doing a good job and I'm getting poker face from everybody. I'm not getting any love from anybody except for like three little women in the audience. <laughs> in different places and they're like, you keep, look, you keep looking exactly. at them. Exactly. <laughs> Just hone in on them. Just focus on them.
1: Hmm. So
0: after it's done, you know, the host says, you know, we're so happy Tony's here. She's going to be signing her book after. If you would like to talk to her, she'll be up front. There was this mass exit out the back. And all I could think of is, oh my gosh, I was terrible. I was terrible. They hated me. They are running out the back door. And one of those ladies that was giving me love, she comes up and she's just so excited. Can I hug you? And I'm like, okay, Tony, don't think about those people that are running out. Just focus on her. Be in this moment. You will never have to do this for the first time again. Mm -hmm. Just appreciate her. So I did, we talked. And then I finished with her and I turned around and there was a long line around the room. So all the books were in the back. <laughs> so oh, they were waiting. Oh, they were going to the back to get their books and to come around. And it was a very validating thing for me because these were a lot of, you know, men, there were women who were high up in, you know, their positions, managing partners, Um, A couple of men came. They're like, I grabbed three of them so I can get it for my girls. And one, the next day we were at a, uh, they actually took me on a, put me on a book tour. I went and spoke from there at a high school with a hundred high school girls in the auditorium. And that was great. And then I went to this nonprofit for kids that are emancipating out of, out of the foster care system. And so it was a great first kind of introduction, my book inter- debut for my book, because I realized it, it could touch somebody that was in, fo- from a range of people from somebody that was in foster care, all the way up to, you know, the C-suite of Fortune 500 companies. And it it was a very rewarding weekend for me and a very validating weekend for me. Um, and, and it just became this a significant, um, Milestone for me to know that, okay, this is the new track that I'm on and it and it's felt very, very good since then. And it's not such a stretch from I realized I kept thinking this is so different from what I used to do. It's not such a big stretch. I now use my work to help people to find ways to find that confidence to hype themselves up to create visibility and exposure and positioning for themselves. That's the same thing that I used to do. I used to just do it for big luxury brands, you know. Mm-hmm, now I do mm-hmm. it on a more individual basis and it's really really rewarding work.
1: And I liked what you said about someone, you know, leaving the foster care system all the way up to, you know, C-suite. The 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 thread, which I'll say what 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 the commonality there is that No matter what, we need a little help. We need a little guidance. I don't care how fancy you are. You still need to say, What do you think about this? I'm doing this idea. Can you give me some feedback? Or I need some guidance. And that's why I think coaches and people that are experts that can help guide you can give you like that mirror, like what you're doing. You're a mirror, you're mirroring to them. This is how, okay. I love that you're all excited about that, but that's a little goofy. So you <laughs> have to do this, you know what I mean? So you're helping them so they don't go out in the world and, and do something that maybe isn't really suitable for what they're trying to accomplish. So I well, love that you said a, that. Just
0: make a good decision. Just, it's yeah. true, it's really looking at it. It's looking yeah. at yourself in the mirror. When I sat down in my living room floor that day, it was me taking a much better look. I was looking at, I had a very obstructed view of myself. Mm-hmm. because I was putting all of my mistakes and my failures and my decision to not want to do that work anymore. It was, that was clouding my view. Mm-hmm. So I kind of help clear out, let's clear out all the brush so you can really see, yep. you know, this, yeah. this beautiful landscape that you have here and how important it is for you to recognize and see yourself that way, and then use that to propel you uh, forward to do that next thing.
1: Yeah. And and having those stories top of mind. Yes. When someone does say, well, who do you, who are you to think you can do? Well, there was this one time when I'm (laughs) up, up, up. you have those stories really uh, top of mind instead of, you know what? I think you're right. I'm just going to go now. Like, you're not going to say that. That's what we want to do because we're feeling like we're not going to be able like, Oh, I I don't have my job that I was doing. or I don't have that role I was playing anymore. Well, you you're so right in that you have to stop and take account and really look at all of your your wins.
0: Exactly. So really and you don't wins. you don't even have to rely on somebody else to say to doubt you. That little committee, there's that <laughs> one or two people yeah. in that committee, they'll speak up for you. No, no always. Yeah. All by yourself and they'll say, "Who do you think that's when I was I was going to Boston thinking, "Tony, who do you think you are going to talk to these very successful people about confidence. Are you crazy? Why did you say yes to this? And it, you know, ended up being a really good, good thing. But some, we have to remind ourselves. And having
1: I, it in a book like that and going and back and going, oh yeah, thing
0: you. oh yeah, there just it is. Now yeah. what's more front of mind are those wins and those accomplishments and just who you are, what your talents are, what your gifts are. Sometimes we have to remind ourselves, mm-hmm. you know, oh, I am really, really good at that you know, um, there's something else that, uh, I had my husband, when I started doubting about the book, oh, it was when I was going to Boston, I said, you know, is this, maybe this was just good for me. Maybe this was just all about me. And I just needed the book and God just gave me a sweet little way to get myself out of the, you know, out of the alley. And he said, Tony, who was your muse for this book? He said, if Muhammad Ali The most confident, iconic, greatest of them all, you know, needed, uh, greatest of all time. If he needed to have a hype man, then all of us need a hype man. And you are giving people the tools so that they can advocate for themselves. So yes, we all need it even those guys that you're going to talk to in Boston. So he's, a, he, my husband is my height. He's my height. He's man. your height, man. <laughs> oh, hype man. I
1: love that. I love that. So how long ago did you write the book and complete it? How long ago was that? So
0: that's been, it's been three years. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And so years. you
1: did the book, you've done some speaking, and then you're also working to help people um, position themselves in, yes. and, and understand what their, their bests are so that they can bring them to the world um, what do you see for yourself going forward? Is this where you want to be? Or are you looking at, oh, I want to make another pivot or I'm good right here? Or what are you looking at for the you next know, five years? I am
0: feeling really good where I am now. Um, mm-hmm. The consulting work is really rewarding. I've had an opportunity to work with some really dynamic individuals. Mm -hmm. Um, so that has been very, very exciting for me. I've got a few little business ideas that I'm toying around with that I may play with, um, and exploring, but it's so interesting is I get to do that now without the pressure that I used to put on myself that I have to do it, or it has to succeed at this level or, I, um, I, I just kind of have a, that much more of that surrender attitude and that willingness to let the days, the weeks, the months, the years unfold and inform what I'm doing next and embrace that and be excited about it, but also being willing to release that embrace and then move on to the next thing that makes me exciting. Um, but I am enjoying the, Uh, positioning and visibility strategy work that I'm doing. And I've incorporated the book into that because confidence has a lot to do with how we show up, how we position ourselves so that uh, people see us so that we can succeed at the businesses that we are doing. And I am um, having just a blast, uh, a a real blast doing that.
1: You get to work with people. So you're not Alone, not alone. I'm not but, alone, but you can kind of design, you've designed, you're designing your life right now. Like you're getting to do and show up for what's important. You're not spending weekends, God forbid at the montage. No, but you know what? <laughs> let me just, let me just say that work is work or it was called that. We wouldn't, we wouldn't, you know what I mean? If it was fun, I don't think we get paid for it. So everyone's like, yeah. Oh, I want to have fun with my work. Well, you do have fun, but work is work. And so you had to show up and be on, yeah. you know, at the montage. So everyone's thinking, wow, that'd be so great to, well, yeah, if I was going with my husband and relaxing. <laughs> <laughs> I know
0: that's what i to saying. I'm like, it's, I'm not playing. I'm going, it's like I'm I work. I, I'm the one that's making sure all everything's not, everything behind the scenes is going great so that the people that are out front are having a glorious time. And, yeah. and it, and it's, and it was also during a season where the industry was changing a lot. So I, am you know, t- trying to deal with those changes and how do you go with the flow of the new things when the old was working really well. And so it just became, um, it was still work and it's cool work. It never stopped being cool work. I was just tired of doing that kind of cool work and needed to find something else.
1: Gosh, I I hear you. I hear you. Well, this has been really great. And and so it sounds to me like you're in a really good space and that you are designing your life the way you want it to be and creating Mm -hmm. and helping others to do the same, which I think is great. And I think we get to a place in life where we're like, all right, I'm going to do this, but I'm not going to, push on that, on that, you know, push a boulder up a hill. I've done that and that's hard.
0: (laughs) It is. is. So, you know, now you're looking at it. Take a little bit easier route. (laughs)
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, and I love that you sort of just allow allow things to unfold. I really enjoyed that part because I think that's wisdom and you just know that, okay, I've proved to myself, I can force things to happen or I can let things happen. and, Mm -hmm. And it's a much nicer ride that way it's a much
0: much nicer ride um I it's that and that was a big pivot for me because I've always been very destination driven goal oriented this is where I'm going and I'm gonna get there you know and um so it's been a major release for me to to trust you know that that things are going to work out, you know, the best way they can. And I still, you know, I still have dreams and still have aspirations and I still put in the hard work, but, um, but it's nice to be doing it on terms that are just a little less rigid and they get, there's a lot more grace and forgiveness and, um, also, um, a lot more confidence in even when I don't know.
1: (laughs) Yes. Yes. (laughs)
0: Um, Because you've lived
1: through enough successes that you know that it's going to work out. It's going to work out. out.
0: And you look out your
1: window and you're like, the sun shines every day and the, the everything, the birds are all good. And it's like, That just happens. This is going to happen. Maybe not what I thought, but it's still going to happen. And so I I love that. I love that sort of you're on a trapeze and you let go and you're waiting for that next one. And so I call that the space of grace, like you're in that space. And it's like, you're just having to just know that, that all the things that I've done in the past. It's going to drive me forward to catch that next thing, but it's a space of grace. It's like really taking the courage to do it. So I really have appreciated talking to you. Oh,
0: absolutely. This This was so much fun. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Congratulations on your podcast. I think it's going to be a phenomenal, phenomenal success. And I'm very honored to be a part of it.
1: Oh, I'm thrilled to have you a part of it. Thank you again for listening. You can find links to any mentioned resources, mine and my guest social media, and more, all in the show notes at elizabethribbons.com. That's ribbons with one B. Enjoying the show? Please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and share this episode with a friend or coworker. Reviews and word of mouth is still the number one way to learn about new podcasts, so I appreciate it. Until next time.